Do you have a family? No. No one? I've been engineered for long-range expeditions. I'm not exactly wired for family. I'd miss my friends. I make videos, sing stupid stuff. I hope they'll remember all the times we had together. They will. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And we're back together in the same room again. Woohoo! Woo! High five! Yes. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> while we recognize that the pandemic... Now I gotta go wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, while we recognize that the pandemic is not actually over, uh, even in the United States and certainly not around the world, uh, we are quite thankful that we were all able to get our vaccines and uh, have been at full immunity for some time. And so it's time to reconvene, do our cow atches and our yep. recording at James's house. This household is at herd immunity. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. We, we have not uh, breached your doors Right. Well, that sounds dirty. Uh, <laughs> since Cold. I don't know, last February, something like that, because we recorded a couple times at your place. Yeah, and I think once yeah, at mine right. as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, long time. And then you went away. Yep. On a cruise that almost, almost never came back. <laughs> almost never came back. <laughs> yes. So uh, for this episode, we are going to be talking about a classic short story, "The Cold Equations." Uh, Tom Godwin. Tom Godwin. Nineteen fifty-four, and it has been adapted a number of times. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are available. Dang it. British broadcasting <laughs> recording standards yeah. and, and uh, preservation. No preservation. No preservation. Because uh, there was, I oh. think, an Out of This World episode, which we've we've covered one of those for iRobot. Yeah. They had the, but it was available. Uh, yes. The robots in space. Right. I looked to see if there was anything similar to that. I tried to find it, but no. Nope. So instead, we're going to be talking about the 1987 Twilight Zone adaptation of this, titled The Cold Equations, as you might imagine. Yes. And then the 1996 sci-fi movie, which is available on Pluto TV if you want to watch that. <laughs> you don't want to watch that. <laughs> no, we'll get there. Okay. Um, With awkward that one's breaks and- also called The Cold Equations. And then The Stowaway from 2014, which is just available on YouTube on the Dust channel, and it's 12 minutes and 14 seconds long. Yes. So. Not much commitment there. Yeah. Really, yeah. yeah not Not a... This Shorter is a nice short read. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's what we're talking about. All right. I think we should probably start talking about the story and, uh, you know, where it comes from and, and kind of the origins of it is kind of fascinating. So do you have some of that? I've got the basic story, but when you mentioned origins, I'm, I'm a little lost. So let me cover the story and then you guys, you can originate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, there's interstellar travel and this one particular ship is making a very important run and they get in a request to deliver vaccines to another planet that's it's similar to their route, but not overly close. And so they're going to drop an emergency dispatch ship, EDS. Yes. And the, there's basically uh, a seat for a pilot, a place to put the medical supplies, and enough fuel to get you from the ship, which is going to pause briefly and then take off, uh, to get you and your cargo down to the planet. And that's all the fuel. Mm-hmm. So the pilot gets in his ship. By the way. Before you finish, long-time listeners know we go all spoilers pretty much from the jump, but if you're brand new, we're going to spoil it, and the story is in the public domain, <laughs> and so you can find it. You yep. can go to Lightspeed Magazine online, you can read it there for free. You can read it online for free? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. If you buy the episode or the, the issue of Lightspeed Magazine that has it on it, right. there's a number of other stories and background information related to it, so yeah. it's worth your time to purchase one. Yes. So, continue. Okay. 
Uh, as soon as he launches and the other ship takes off, he gets a warning. His ship is overweight. Too many hamburgers. That's insensitive. <laughs> pandemic, and, pandemic eating. Yes. <laughs> and apparently this is a regular problem. He has he has a gun to take care of any stowaways, <laughs> except he opens the door where the stowaway is hiding and find out it's a young girl. Right. And the young girl only got on the ship because she wants to go visit her brother. He, she hasn't seen him in years. Uh, it exploits that whole, oh, the poor little girl thing, right. which is so <laughs> feminist from 1950s science fiction. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Right. Uh, <laughs> but there's there's still a problem. Mm-hmm. It's it's either her life or the life of all the people that are going to die because they don't get this this vaccine. Right. All seven of them. All seven of them. <laughs> and so that's like a version of the trolley problem. Well, but it's also on the same planet where her brother is. So presumably it might be possible that right. eventually it affects her brother, even though they're miles and miles, or thousands of miles apart. Well, if yeah. it's endemic. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of discussion back and forth and there's a lot of lamenting. And then she basically decides that she has to get off the planet. Mm-hmm. And so she talks to her brother and then she steps into an airlock. Yep. Whoosh. And that's the story. Yes. And so for in terms of the origins, if, if you do purchase that issue, I almost said episode two of Lightspeed Magazine, <laughs> it has a number of... Uh, stories and reactions to the cold equations, um, including some essays about it and some background information on it. And I think it took like six revisions for John W. (laughs) Campbell to accept it into Astounding Magazine. And the one thing that he insisted on, that John W. Campbell insisted on, is she can't survive this. And so it was his idea that she has to go out the airlock at the end. Um, Evidently, the original version of the story must have been, you know, ending on more of an up. Um, (laughs) Right. But, uh, and, and so that makes me wonder if, you know, is it that unfairness to it and, and that goes with the whole cold equations, right? To, to, to her family, she was someone special, but to the universe, she was X in an equation, in the cold equations of life and space. Right. The universe is indifferent. Mm-hmm. Yes. The cold indifference of nature. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of reactions to the story because... Uh, maybe it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It might be kind of refrigerator logic where you, where you're like, wait, are you telling me there was nothing on that ship you could throw off to, you you couldn't, you couldn't somehow use the airlock depressurization to decelerate the ship uh, and somehow offset it and get to the ground safely, or at least, you know, have a really good chance of making it to the ground safely. Right. Because I feel like there's, I mean, there there has to be, this is right. You find lots of um, reactions to it saying, okay, here's the problem with the cold equations. Um, (laughs) You, you can't, you can't go to that kind of tolerance in the fuel and still guarantee landing safely every time, even without extra weight, because atmospheric things, you're, right. maybe your trajectory is slightly off. Atmospheric distance. Yeah. Um, so depending on where the planet's moon might be at the time and throws the, the, the orbit off, I, I suppose yeah, that, they that was calculate kind of my, that. My right? thing with it was yeah. like, you can't not have a room for error. Yeah, I don't care what you say about the frontier. Leaving yeah. no room for mistakes. Mm-hmm. No proper military operation is not going to have room for something. Yeah. A plan B. Yeah. yeah. Even well, though it's not military, I guess. It's corporate military right. or something. So in defense of the story, they know the position of the moons. Right. I would assume that they run time fill the fuel tanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Based on orbital dynamics. Based on orbital yeah. dynam- dynamics. And they have people on the planet, so they know all the weather conditions. Yeah. And uh, the story... And I, I don't want to defend the story too much, right? Uh, but it says <laughs> that uh, there are a limited number of these interstellar ships, and so mm-hmm. they come, they carry a number of the EDS ships, right? Mm-hmm. And if you overfill one ship, you may not have enough fuel to service somebody else down the line. Sure. So yeah, and 
I, I'll say I love the story. Um, and it's not just not because it makes all the sense in the world, just because I like the fact that it doesn't let the reader off the hook, doesn't let the story off right. the hook either. Well, and it is provoking, right? It's it is thought provoking, yeah. emotion provoking. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's controversial, I guess. Yeah, it got me Which thinking. Is probably why John Campbell wanted to go that way, right? <laughs> yeah, it got me thinking about other examples of seeming unfairness or indifference mm-hmm. in in stories. You you mentioned the other day the episode of The Next Generation where Wesley goes to catch a football or something and crashes into a forbidden plant or something and they want to execute him for it. Yes, on the planet of lawn joggers. Right, right, yes. The planet of the sexy people. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, and... uh, And so that's the question of ignorance of the law. Right, is not a defense. And that got me thinking, I, I mentioned to you the story of Uzzah in the, in the Bible, where they're, they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem on an ox cart, which is not the right way to carry it. Right. And, and one of the ox stumbles... And it, it, it starts to tip, and Uzzah reach up, reaches up and studies the ark with his hand and is struck dead. Um, and that, when I was a kid, the first time I read that story, I thought, that's bogus, man. That's, that, that is, that's not okay. God did the wrong thing there. Um, and uh, yeah, so, or, or even like in, in Christian theology, you know, the, the theology of, of hell, of the mm-hmm. eternally conscious torment of hell, um, which is kind of the tr- traditional doctrine, not necessarily the one I hold to, but, uh, <laughs> but it is widely held. Um, and I've always felt like the, when you, when you look at the Adam and Eve narrative and mm-hmm. it says in the day that you eat of that tree, you shall surely die severely undersells the punishment for sin. <laughs> like I could be like, okay, well I'm okay for certain things. I'm willing to die, but to be tortured for all eternity. Uh, maybe if you'd said that, you know, then we wouldn't go near that tree. Just saying. Well, if you look at it literally, they don't die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole other thing with Christian right. theology. Yep. But I think that's one of the things that makes a great story, though. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can read a story and go, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Other mm-hmm. times you read a story and you're like, wait a minute. Was, shouldn't there have been some better engineering? Right. Surely yeah. they could have yeah. thrown the chair out. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, empty fuel tank. Could that have gone out the back door? Mm-hmm. And some of the adaptations that we'll be talking about, they they try and do those steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking about Andy Ware's book, uh, Project Hail Mary. Right. Where people are now saying... Now, come on, what is the real chance that the, you know, the structure of the grammar of the alien language will be understood mm-hmm. by an English person? And, you know, <laughs> yes, but it's the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Shock they're in the thinking, they're yeah. engaged in the story, they're passionate about it. Even if they're not totally drawn into it, they're fighting against it. Mm-hmm. They're still fighting. Yeah, yeah. Or in the Martian. They're talking about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. There were like only three redundant systems and they all took off with the, you know, ascent vehicle. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But wait, Mar- no, Mars wind is way too, isn't dense enough <laughs> right. in order to pick up an antenna and hit somebody. Well, or even at the, toward the end of the Martian, when they're, they're trying to get him to launch the, whatever it is, MAV, um, mm. when, when they're like, okay, so now we're going to, we're going to take the roof off. We're going to, we're going to strip all these things out because we need to reduce the weight of it in order, yes. in order to make that rendezvous. Um, that, that's the kind of thinking that people want to do with his story to, right. to get the girl off the hook. Yes. Yeah. I appreciate they went that way with the adaptations. Well. Two of the three adaptations I want. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the obvious question that you want to answer in an adaptation, right? Right, right. yeah. Um, you know, did, did, can, you, can you get to the point where she says to her brother, no, he did everything he could without him doing anything? Um, <laughs> and, and, and so that's, that's one of the questions. But like one of my favorite movies is Sunshine. And there's a point on there where they have, they don't have enough oxygen to finish their mission. And their mission is to reignite the sun and save all of humanity. Yeah. So high priority on finishing the mission, even if it's still a suicide mission. But, and so they realize, you know, we, we need to lose two more people. 
and and so it, you know the stakes get pretty high right. in, that, in that movie, yeah. uh, which is one of the reasons I love it. So anyway, um, high stakes. Yeah, so I like the story a lot. Did did you like it, James? Uh, I liked the story. I didn't like reading it too much. I suppose it took a lot longer to read it than I thought it would, being a short story. Really? It was really hard to write through. <laughs> okay, I didn't have any trouble with it. I, it's it's a, it's a, it's like you said, right? It's not a it's not an uplifting story. There's not a lot of mm-hmm. redemption. There's not a lot of meaning. Right. Uh, it stirs you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very long short story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even you could you can compare it to stuff here, you know, on Earth, like Grizzly Man, mm-hmm. or you know, pe- people who go out and do stupid stuff around wild animals and oh uh, right, play yeah. stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't I didn't know I was breaking any. Uh, rules and like well the only rule is they can eat you and 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 they will rule of nature yeah Emily had the same experience too it took her like three or four days to read it she's had a hard time getting through it okay with all the sexism and like yeah, all well. that stuff yeah she's like ah every time she came up with something I could hear her downstairs reading it while I'm upstairs you know in the office and she's like just screaming <laughs> like making noises like, are you okay down there <laughs> well it, it's written in 1954, and yes. if you want to be, you know, if you're writing in 1954 and you want empathy for a character, you make the character a sweet, innocent young girl right. who only, who she, only, the only rule she knowingly broke was authorized people only. Right. Yeah. And so, in addition to all the technological and the ethical ones, there is, couldn't they have locked the doors? Right. <laughs> or put, put, put a label on right. there on pen, penalty of death. Right? Yes. Because she, she thought, oh, well, there will be a fine. But yeah, yeah, and that that well, goes back to the Adam and Eve thing. I'm like, you're underselling the penalty here. <laughs> well, that made me wonder about so the ignorance of the law part of this. Where okay, so somehow she knew she was going to have to pay a fine, right? But she didn't know there was a penalty of death for Stowaway, right? I, I, how well, does she document- know one and not yeah. know the other? Their documentation is quite lovely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she might. She must have read something somewhere saying that she was going to have to pay a fine, mm-hmm. and she was prepared for that part. Mm-hmm. Did she like skip the paragraph about death penalty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. She glossed it over. Yada yada yada. Whatever. Let me just read the last it was, paragraph. It was okay. Fine print. It was yeah. a EULA. A ULA. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nobody, literally- reads, nobody reads terms and conditions. Yes. <laughs> so she she saw the word fine print and thought, oh, fine, there will be a fine. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of documentation, EDS to me means external design specification. Yeah. <laughs> is that an Intelism? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> sure is. Yeah. Wow. That turns into the data sheet. So. Yeah. <laughs> so if if you if you do this today, mm-hmm. is it another guy? Is it a young boy? Is no, it? No, it's a puppy. Well, puppies puppies go out the door. I w- I was surprised that none of the adaptations had a much younger person in there because they could be more excused, right? Number three. The character for number three was much, it was a, described as a well, young girl. She was short, but I mean, yeah, I, I presume yeah. that she was still 18 since they stuck to the story pretty close, but we, we can get to that. Yeah. Um, but I was picturing like Newt from Aliens, that age, oh, know, nine or 10. Huh. Yeah. 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 The, I mean, Emily was down here reading it, right? Uh, reading 1954 <laughs> story and exclaiming yeah. and grumbling in 2020. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 2021. <laughs> 2021, right. I knew <laughs> After 2020. That. That, that year didn't count. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want that year back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we were, I, when Colin got over here, we were talking to her about it. And she was just like, after everything, 2020, you know, BLM and women's, all that stuff. And uh, <laughs> we were mm-hmm. like, I can't read this story without screaming. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you could, you could do an adaptation of this where the EDS is sophisticated enough that the pilot goes out the airlock, that, that it can land without the pilot. You could, you could, that yeah. would be one way to adapt it if you wanted to save the girl. Sure. Uh, what if you gender flip it or make it a young boy or mm-hmm. something else? Yeah. 
What I mean, so I'm on record. I like a downer ending if it makes sense. <laughs> and this one makes sense in the internal logic of the story. If, if right. it doesn't take long to see the edges there where you can, you can easily unravel. Yeah. Yeah. To unravel it or be be like that. The story didn't have to do that. Um, But Mm -hmm. it did. And, and so I was like, okay, yeah, I, I dig it. Yeah. Well, and if we were going to talk about adaptations, Mm -hmm. I think we should talk uh, 2014 first. Okay. You want to go, you want to go short to long? Backwards. Yeah. Because we are talking about, really, you're talking about the most variability from the original. (laughs) So yeah, usually we go in chronological order. But in this case, the shortest adaptation of it is 2014. So why don't we start right. there? Is, okay. that, is that what you were thinking? That's what I was thinking. Okay. Uh, right. it, uh, 2014, it's a uh, short. It's on the Dust channel on YouTube. If mm-hmm. you don't look at Dust regularly, you're really missing out on some great science fiction. Um, yes. In, in fact, I have to know that Dust is a, uh, a resource for certain academic programs in media development in the University of Wolverhampton. Oh, and I, I, I wonder that. how you know that. <laughs> oh, cool! I learned that because I'm on another podcast now with a great guy named Dr. Phil Nichols. Yes. And we talk about science fiction. And mm-hmm. he said, yeah, they send them there and, and say, watch short stories, watch short films and see how they make them. Because it's right. hard to make mm-hmm. a large scale production in the, mm-hmm. in the terms of a class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when we were looking for the 2014 one, I, I thought it was just called The Cold Equation since James Bold went up yeah. <laughs> on his screen. It was clearly a student film. Yep, it definitely um, was. So this yeah. is another one like... Um, what was the other one that we did that has all the student films of it? Oh, uh, Harrison Bergeron. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, 2014 shorts. Uh, I forgot to write down the director's name. He's Thai, and so there's no way I'm going to get the name right. Uh, Do the best you can. Yeah, the director is, well, last name is Suwanath. First name is R-P-I-N. I don't know how that's uh, pronounced. Rupin? Rupin? So apologies if I didn't get your name right. Let me know, and I because I, I do like to get names right, and I couldn't find. I did Google it, trying to find name pronunciations or interviews with him uh, to to figure that out, but I couldn't. So it stars Brendan Fair as Barton and William Mosley yeah. as as the brother character, and From then the Narnia em- series, right? And then Emily Robinson as Marilyn and Alfred Molina as the voice of the commander. So was he an android or not? <laughs> that that is an interesting question, um, I, and that that's, that was kind of why. I, sort of wanted to leave this one for last, but we can talk about it in the context of the other ones, because I, yeah. I feel like you could very easily yeah. make a fan theory that Barton in this one was actually an android. Right. Yeah. He reminded me of the androids from Aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like um, from Prometheus, right? Yeah. The David character. Yeah. Although he's, he even emotes more than this guy did. Yeah. Now, I'm thinking they had the older ones. Cause... Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll say I really enjoyed this one and I like the flat affect on on Barton, I like because it like it suits his job, right? It's this very right. isolated job. He's not used to interacting with people. See, that's what I thought was interesting because he has that flat effect. But when he was talking to the ship recorder, mm-hmm. he's like, "It's a child, right? <laughs> you know, like, that, what's wrong with you?" That's that's but what like, I like. He about. did it so deadpan. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Huh? Okay. It's a child." Yeah, it's like he's. I didn't find it wooden. Moving for people. Oh, I it found was massively it wooden. He was yeah. wooden, but it was deliberate. At least no, to, yeah, to no, me, it looked in a, deliberate. Not and in I, a bad way. I found it effective because of right. that. When when the little cracks of emotion would would show through, it was it was more yeah. more noticeable. Um, so that's why I'm wondering if they did it on purpose to make it. Yeah, I figured, <laughs> I figured it was yeah. a directorial choice because that, it it wasn't it wasn't like Keanu Reeves wooden <laughs> and <Right>. off putting. <laughs> oh, I love Keanu. Um, <laughs> Well, but so during during the scene where um, he's talking to her and she she's talking about her family and friends and that kind of stuff, and I hope they'll remember those those good things. And and he says they will. Mm-hmm. And and I I really liked that delivery of that. Um, now I've watched this one twice, so mm. 
um, because you can watch it twice pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, Well, isn't there also like another almost more direct hint where he says he doesn't have a family? He did say that, yeah, families are not, you know, something that makes sense with, with his job. Right. He says, I'm not, not really wired, wired for families. He's not really wired, wired that, that way. way. Yeah. So, yeah. So he, the actor is a fine actor. I've seen him act on other things. He mm-hmm. was on um, the original Roswell series. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. He, he can, there's not a question about his acting ability or anything, yeah. which, which kind of does lend towards. Which, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> However, to me, part of the, the value of the story is the, the horror that the girl has to go through in acquiescing that she's going to step out of an equation right. or step out of a, out of an equation, out of an <laughs> airlock. But then the guy that's left behind and how he's affected by that mm-hmm. and how he has steeled himself over the years of being an EDS pilot to say, yeah, this is not the first time this has happened. That's why I have right. a gun. Mm-hmm. You shoot them and shove them out the door. And it's right. usually guys that are really bent right. out of shape. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, now it's this poor, innocent girl mm-hmm. who's ignorant, right. but innocent. Yeah. Right. And when, when the ma- when the other character, when Barton is an, uh, an automaton, without a lot of reaction, mm-hmm. you lose that. Mm-hmm. You do lose some of that. And and I think you also lose it over the short run time. You just don't, you don't have the time to develop her getting to where she can accept it. Right. Yeah. Um, because even in the story, right? Canonically in the story, it's, it's an hour, essentially. Yeah. That's a, that's a little more time to sit with it. Now there is a fade out where you could imagine they have, they may have had some discussions um, and, and she's come to resign herself to it. But, but yeah, in, in that short run time, it's, it's hard to develop it. Yeah, but uh, but it looks really good. Um, yeah, uh, one yeah. thing one thing I really really love about this is the size of the ship, the size of the E. Oh yeah, very small, mm-hmm. just just big enough to. It's like the um, what are they called in Hail Mary? Uh, the Beatles. The Beatles. Yeah, um, <laughs> where it's just you know it's a small ship intended to accomplish a single purpose, right? Um, it has this tiny little chair that looks like it was three D printed. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the chair. And and then then all the interfaces are virtual, which you got you got to think. Does he have internal? Uh, yeah, heads up display kind of stuff. But so there's no equipment to throw out, right? You don't have to answer that question in that one. There's clearly nothing else yeah. to do mm-hmm. except for throw him out the the window. <laughs> and right. the chair reminded me of the um, the spaceship in the George Clooney one. Yes, did. yeah, totally. It had the different frames where mm-hmm. it looked very organic. Actually. Yeah, the midnight sky, midnight sky. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah. So twelve minutes, fourteen seconds. What do you think? Uh. I'm not in love with the idea of making an android Barton's character. But aside from that, it's a good, it's a good show. Okay. Well, I don't think that it's canonical that he's an android. I just, I just kind of that's. I could see somebody going fan theory. He was an android. Yeah. 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 No, but it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The I cold thought, pilot I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was actually pretty good quality. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it, it stuck to the dialogue quite closely. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the one major change is the parents are dead, um, which makes makes a little more sense for her going to find her brother. Going to see her brother if her parents are already dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so she's trying to take a shortcut, get there yeah. sooner. Yeah. Right. So, which, I, you know, that's, uh, that's something that I think makes sense in the context of the story to, mm-hmm. for her motivation to make more sense. Right. Um, kind of with Colin and the losing the uh, dimension of his emotional response to the whole thing. Yeah. But. W- one other bit of information, or not information, uh, evidence that he's an android. The brother refers to him as EDS, um, like in Ancillary Justice. Ship? You know, where, where they're talking uh, yeah. to an ancillary, but they call it ship. Um, oh, I thought he was just addressing the ship in general, like, you know, hailing the Enterprise. Right. Yeah. And that's, I'm sure, a valid interpretation as well. But I like it the other way. Back to okay. the theory. <laughs> that way he supports our fan theory. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. I, I think it would have been, because I said it, I said at the end, right? He, he goes and sits back down in the chair and I said, oh, he went back and sat on his charger. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so then he's part of the ship, essentially, right? So right. he's he's the control system for the ship in, in, on that understanding. So he couldn't have thrown himself out. Yeah. But, yeah. 
Okay, uh, go to the next shortest, or the next longest, I guess. Oh, we should point out really quick that not only did we you know, generally like this, but mm-hmm. it was an award-winning film. Yes. What, what was the name of the award? Shriekfest 2015. Shriekfest. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like, hey. I, Yeah, I think it's a horror uh, <laughs> awards thing, oh, which, you know, okay. in a lot of ways, it's a, kind of a horror story. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Like the, the, one of those thriller horror stories, right? Mm-hmm. It's weird that they wouldn't like... Okay, I didn't really actually look at the comments on YouTube, but I think it would have... Not the comments, uh, the description. Yeah. Was it in the description for the movie on YouTube? The award? Yeah. No, it, the only place we found it was on, on Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. IMDb. Wait, oh, yeah. Yeah, so Wikipedia says it's award-winning, and if you right. go to IMDb, it lists the awards. Right, and there's a link to there. Yeah, but. so it's weird that it wouldn't mention that on the YouTube channel, though. Or the Wikipedia page. Or the Wikipedia page. Yeah, the, list we, the award. Well, you could cite IMDb on the Wikipedia page in theory. Yeah. Yeah, well, we can edit that by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. This whole conversation could be moot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so Twilight Zone, 1980s. Uh, 1980s Twilight Zone is hard to find. Yes. Um, there, there's a lot of Twilight Zone available various places, but I can't find a streaming place for, for the 80s stuff. There's a lot of the classic stuff on Netflix. Some of the seasons right. are there. There's the new Twilight Zone. Amazon uh, only like, has one and two seasons. Season, season right. one and two. Okay. Yeah, because even in IMDb it says available on Amazon, and I clicked on it and looked, and it was only they only have seasons one and two on Amazon. Mm. <laughs> um, Michael Simshauser pointed out, speaking of new Twilight Zone, that there's a there's a time loop movie with issues of consent in it that we kind of oh. germane to our previous conversation about the map of tiny perfect things. Oh, sweet! Uh, in the new Twilight Zone stuff, so so it, it's only on. I thought that was Paramount Plus. It's Paramount Plus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but not the '80s stuff. Which, right, honestly, most stuff. most yeah, of the yeah. Twilight Zone that I've ever seen prior to the last couple of years was the 80s stuff, just because it was on, you know. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Where we didn't really watch the black and white. We had the Danny Kaye adaptation, Paladin of the Last Hour. Yeah. So how did we watch that? Uh, the library had it, didn't they? They have season one. Yeah, they had season one, yeah. But not and the other season. season three. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was the problem. This was in season three, and everybody has season one and two available, yeah. but not yeah. three. Makes you wonder it's like, why. what the heck? Yeah. yeah. So had had so. to uh, request it from the Multnomah County Library, yeah. a county over from us. So fortunately, they have it, which is cool. Yes. Uh, so we watched it on YouTube. Yeah, I was going to say, you can also find it on YouTube. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just called The Cold Equations. Yes. Um, a couple changes here. The meds are for 35 people, so a five-fold increase of yes. affected people. A little more weight. Mm-hmm. A little more weight. I didn't take a ton of notes on this one. The, I did. I did see that the uh, the time available due to slowing down was reduced by ten minutes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it went it went to seven o'clock <laughs> instead of nineteen ten. Um, the uh, the Wikipedia page for this episode is actually wrong. Oh, really? Yeah, it lists it in season three, episode fifty one. What? Yeah, exactly. I'm like fifty one. That's a typo. Just fix it. Surely, yeah, and yeah, because I looked at the episode listing, I'm like. There's only 30 episodes in this season. <laughs> it's actually episode 16. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Let's oh, see. Is it 51 if you start counting from the beginning? I think it's the 51st episode, yeah. Of the okay. of the revised. Exactly. Uh, revived but on the Wikipedia page, it says season three, episode 51. Oh, okay. crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think it's the 51st episode, not... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes season sense. Of the, whole, of the whole thing. Yeah. 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 One of those yeah. seasons was really short. It's only like 10 or 11 episodes. Yeah. It's season two, I think, maybe. Yeah. But... Maybe that's why they never bothered making a DVD ad- adaptation of it or spin up. Yeah. I well, mean, they would. Multnomah has it, so okay. it's available. It's just it's hard to come by. Like I said, I didn't take a bunch of notes on this one, uh, including like I don't know who the cast is or who directed the episode. No. Um, mm. Again, <laughs> that's really canonical, highly canonical. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the major point of non-canonicity is they actually try and right. sacrifice everything they can, everything they can off the ship, in order to make the weight allowance. Yeah, I felt like that was the biggest, the major change, major uh, expansion of the original story. Yeah, yeah. actually trying to <laughs> save her to a degree. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh it's I think it's trying to give people's outrage to the story some validity. It's like, well, isn't there right. something they could have thrown off? Well, yeah. yes, there is, but there is, but just not quite enough. Yeah. yeah. By the way, uh, Terrence Knox plays Barton, and then Christiane Hurt plays Marilyn. Okay. And uh, who's I like that they kept the same character names through all the three adaptations that we watched. Yeah, that was cool. I I, I thought it was interesting that like immediately, well, Barton says to her. Look, there's no extra weight on the ship, and then immediately proceeds to start throwing stuff away, <laughs> like, like, like going around and like, okay, well, I guess there is, there is, you know, the toilet or you know, various other things. Right. Um, no, the toilet. The goes toilet in the was in the other movie. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you only add a toilet in a movie that's long enough to need a toilet. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but of course, you know, they go around, collect all the scrap, throw it out, and it's only twenty kilograms worth of stuff, and they no, needed right. twenty more. Not enough. Yeah. So, you know, it, because it's the Twilight Zone, the production values aren't quite as high. In fact, I'd say the production yeah. values on the, the short from 2014 are higher. Probably, yeah. yeah. But uh, as long as the lower production values don't interfere with the telling of the story, mm-hmm. and I don't think they I do don't in think this case, yeah. yeah, that's fine. Just, you know, yeah. nothing yeah. to be different. I wonder if I, I haven't looked, it's, it's probably on the Wikipedia page. This would be a very easy story to ad- adapt for the stage, right? Because oh. essentially it's a two person oh, yeah. play. Right. With with maybe an Two extra voice, play single room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, and that's what the Twilight Zone that one reminds be. me of, especially. Oh, and the, and really the other one as well. The Twilight Zone one especially doesn't really have exteriors of the ship all that much. No, um, and and of course it has the famous Twilight Zone intro and out, outro uh, yeah. voiceover. Yes, um, my favorite part. Except mm-hmm. every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, Seth hated this. I'm just I, it, <laughs> it's it's part of the Twilight Zone's <laughs> thing, right? So it's okay because it part is. Of it, yes. stick. <laughs> it's hard to fight math. In the Twilight Zone. Right, in the Twilight <laughs> I, I do prefer the Rod Serling stuff, right? Where it's, yeah. he says Twilight Zone. <laughs> it's like, like he sounds Scottish yeah. suddenly. I wonder if there's enough of his reading over to synthesize his voice so that you could make any of them that you wanted. Imagine if you will. That would be yes. interesting. Yes. Battling Maxo is a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the one I always remember. Real Steel. Yep. That's on Netflix. I've been thinking about doing a rewatch. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. That's a fun movie. Yeah. 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 So anything else to talk about about the... Twilight Zone episode. We've talked about it the least of anything we've talked about so far. Yeah. I mean, it's a slight, slightly longer <laughs> yeah. adaptation. Probably gives a little more time to to justify her acceptance of the conundrum. Yes. Um, I liked it, actually. I think I liked it. I liked the episode. Uh, it was the first... It was the first of the three adaptations I, I watched, so I think I mm-hmm. liked that they expanded it to trying to get rid of some extra weight. Right. At least, you know... Putting forth some effort. It's answering that question, right? Are, <laughs> yeah. are you sure you did everything? Uh, right. Yeah. And so I think that I'm, uh, I feel like I'm a little biased into liking it more than the other short film because they tried something. But okay. I think in the other short film, though, short film, um, there literally wasn't anything. There wasn't anything. There, right? And that's how you, that you answer that question. That was super scarce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't it, we talk about an adaptation where there are lots of things that you can yeah, try? Yeah, because because this is the thing I wanted to, to jump off on, is both the short adaptations, they don't really tell you much about where the EDS came from, or why conditions on the planet were the way they were. Where mm-hmm. the longer adaptation, the 1996 one from the Sci-Fi Channel, 
which is available on Pluto TV again, which they, they put in commercials at various places. And they <laughs> also keep in the fade outs from the sci-fi channel where it just fades right. out for 30 seconds and then comes back. <laughs> yeah. So you might think that you're losing the show. You're not. You yeah. The first, the first time it happened, Colin and I were like, what the heck? I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, uh, it's, <laughs> it says it's it still going. It's the numbers are counting understand. up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a made for TV film with built in breaks, but Pluto TV doesn't, no, they're there, no. I guess. It's possible it's just that? an algorithm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I think in Blue modern day television broadcast, there's a secondary signal. Because if you look at mm-hmm. uh, like YouTube, YouTube tends to sync up pretty well sometimes with commercial breaks. So sometimes. Pluto, this is either, it either predates that or Pluto doesn't have their stuff together. Yeah, that, that's possible. They <laughs> well, it is free, so you know. <laughs> right. They, they only put enough yeah. uh, programmers on it to get it to the planet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And there's no search feature on the stupid smart TV app. Mm-hmm. You know, so one thing that I wanted to mention was when when I was originally reading the story, I had understood that it said I wouldn't ha- I won't have enough fuel to get down to the planet and then get back to my ship. But he's not going back to the ship. Um, nope, and in the longer movie, it even mentions that he's going to be down there for eight months until yeah. he can until he can get back up to a, yeah. the carrier. Yep. The, what what was it called? Uh, Stardust. In the movie Saratoga. 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 Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It plays a lot with some things. It does. So this is a, a huge expansion of a short yeah. story. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we'll talk more about that. But they, they do. They try and, and take Barton out of the role of the bad guy. And the real bad guy is mm-hmm. the corporation. Yes. Right. And so the corporation has steerage uh, where you can essentially go on and live in the um, <laughs> squalor. Stuff. In squalor, like yeah. they used to do on uh, Transatlantic. Right. 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 So you can live in the scuppers and mm-hmm. live in the... Um, Bailing out the furnace, coal furnaces, the bilges, the bilges. There the bilges. we go. Yes, yeah. where you you know drink recycled water from your own urine and sweat and other people's showers and mm. um, yummy. And <laughs> so yeah, so and the person who stows away is one of the people in steerage, right? And uh, one of the, the huge improvements I think they made was she is sassy. Yeah. yeah, she, she is she, not yeah. going to walk gently into that cold, dark nope. <laughs> <laughs> airlock. Yeah, I will not walk gently into that. Yeah, I, I. She's a little older. Right. Oh, yeah. It seemed, seemed like yeah. she was in her 20s right. to me. Um, oh, by the way, this is Billy Campbell. Billy Campbell. Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Poppy Montgomery, <laughs> right. who I don't know from anything else. And uh, Susan from Seinfeld, George, George's fiance, <laughs> who was the, the head of the tribunal. Oh, yeah? So, so that's one oh, of the- in- yeah. yeah that, that's, that's one of the uh, innovations here, is that you have a Thanks. framing narrative, essentially, <laughs> right. where you have right. what, what amounts to almost a court-martial of, of Barton for what happened. Mm-hmm. And so they're interviewing various people and, and talking about it. Mm-hmm. But most of the action is still just the two aboard the ship. Now it's a much the EDS is much larger, and that's yeah. that's my major problem yeah. with it. And of course, you kind of had to do that to pad out the runtime, and because because you had to have there. Well, what what can we do? Can we rip out this insulation? Uh, can mm-hmm. we can we take the heat exchanger? Can down? we rip off the toilet? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you can. <laughs> yes. There was a little latrine hanging from the wall. Can he not take his reader? <sighs> <laughs> yeah, so when he's preparing for this, there's all these jokes because he has to be weighed, and the guy says, "What? Right. You put on some pounds? All right, hand it over." And he has a, a little two pound reader. Yeah, and he has to turn yeah. that in, and it talks about the suit that he's in. It's made out of paper. Mm-hmm. That's how you know thin and fragile it is. So yeah. it is really super stripped down, yeah. Yeah, yeah. F- and it's like tailored to his that. mass, right? Yeah, I felt like they set that expectation up. Pretty yeah, early on. they did, like and it made me think, you know, or something. 
Billy Campbell's not a tiny little dude. Yeah. No. <laughs> why, why don't you send Danny DeVito? I mean, I, I, mean, I guess he's not tiny either, but send smaller people if, you, if you're if you really worried about fuel economy. Yeah. Um, Elijah Wood. still got to have pilots. Yeah. yeah, Elijah Wood. There you go. Don, Dominic Monaghan. Yeah. Take, take the hobbits to Isengard. <laughs> <laughs> to Woden. Can you imagine if right. we walked this way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the the brother character is played by who did I I wrote down his name uh, da, da, da. I can't remember the, the actor's name but he played Perry Mason's PI in the on in all oh. the eighties and nineties yeah, I thought it was Matlock but you know oh. so yeah um, Barton's friend on the ship is mm-hmm. from Matlock and I right, would swear right, right, he right. was also Ernst from Lost I think you're right yeah uh, I remember him from the Fugitive he's the guy who says Hinky. <laughs> Inky, yes. <laughs> yeah, <I didn't> yeah. <laughs> Inky, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't come up with the name of that, that, that actor. Or either either actor, actually. But, uh, I'm sure I'm with you, I tell you. Yeah, it's, I mean, I wrote down, stowaway is hot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that makes a difference. For being and, steered, I mean, she has perfect lipstick and makeup. Well, and, and yeah. let's say, Billy Campbell, handsome well, man. Yeah, no, my thing with her was that I enjoyed the sassiness. I was yeah. like, dang, she's spunky. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm here. I shouldn't be here. So just let me pay the fee and let's get it over with. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then tries to throttle him at some point. Oh, you missed your terms and conditions, lady. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, she's she's fighting for her life. And that's I think that's a little more realistic view than what's presented in the short story. Mm-hmm. Well, especially given her background, right? Where she's lived rough yeah. for a while. And so she's not just going to go, okay, well. Fine, I guess I'm dying now. She's been fighting for a while. Although, uh, early on, Billy uh, Barton accuses her of trying to seduce him in right. order to, you know, make him be sympathetic to her cause. And she mm-hmm. talked about, because he says... Uh, yeah, I've seen your, your type of person, right? I've seen you'll, your type of person. You'll like, screw your way into a nicer bed. Yeah. yeah. And she says, no, I don't let them touch me. And so, mm-hmm. even though she's down in steerage, you don't want to think that she's not valuable. Yeah. Right? Um, and that's something this movie does really well. There's a lot of interaction between Barton and her mm-hmm. to get to know one another so that we get to know them both mm-hmm. uh, so that we understand more about the evil corporation. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, minus, not yeah, yeah minus. Barton's journey. So this, this, this has a redemption arc in it, which I think is mm-hmm. kind of cool. Barton yeah. goes from, I am the total rule follower. I'm a company man. I'm doing this so that I get a promotion, even though I'm going to be stuck on this stupid mining world for eight months. Mm-hmm. Going to take yeah. the hit and then you know get 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 my benefits. And in the end, I mean, are we, are we going there so soon? Or yeah, yeah, we can do that. Okay, so in the end, uh, they do everything they can and finally decide what well, maybe we should find out what what this medicine really is. Right. And they open it up and they find right. out it's a medicine to inoculate the miners against. A fungus. Uh, a fungus, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But the thing is, no one was concerned about them being late. And if people were dying right now, it would be mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah. So this is something that only uh, pro- protects the profits of the company. Right. If the miners just don't go in the mines, they won't get sick and they won't die. Right. There's time to wait. Well, even more, the miners don't know about it yet. Either. And the miners right. don't know about yeah, it. Yeah, they're never planning on telling them about it. Right. Um, I think that's clear. And th- that's what this one sets up very much. The enemy is not Barton. The enemy is the company. Mm-hmm. Right. Because Barton eventually flips. Mm-hmm. So he helps her tear everything they can off that. He gets, His arm gets burned in the process. They open the medicine. They determine that it's not urgent. And so they mm-hmm. jettison it. Mm-hmm. And then then we revert back to the, the cold heart equations mm-hmm. where uh, it takes time to <laughs> decelerate. <Oops. laughs> and you've waited too long. And mm-hmm. there's no longer enough fuel. So the only way... To tell the miners about the danger to them because they jettisoned the medicine right. is for her to step out. Yeah. And so she does. And then then the movie ends back with the framing narrative. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it uh I think it's an attempt to try and give her death meaning. 
Right. Whether it's it's completely successful or not, I think it's a little more satisfying personally. Mm. Well, the prosecutor yeah. hints that there's been insurrections brewing right. and strikes and that kind well, of yeah, stuff. Well, yeah, as I say, the guards even. And then the, there's, yeah. there's a movement. There's an underground. The guards are on his yeah. side. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the movie leads directly into The Fugitive. And uh, <laughs> he goes to the mines of Ruripente. And, right. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 12 people died because of their decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and because the company convinced them to go into the mines anyway. Well, the prosecutor says they chose to work. Now, yeah. yeah. Look, you can go to work or you can starve. Exactly. That's Which one are you going to choose? Yeah. You, have a, you have a choice, 100% yours, <laughs> work, starve. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the way the company would say it. It's, well, they chose to work. Right. You know, well, people people, people cho- choose to take low-paying jobs. Like, yeah. maybe that's all they can get. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can do better. And it wasn't a real, it's not a classic trial or jury like we would experience. It no. was a corporation trial. So mm-hmm. there was a prosecutor. There was no defender. Right. I would assume that the people on the... Yeah, I thought I thought that part was very interesting. I was like, where's like, is there is there any government... And, Advocate? You know, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, you mean in general? In general. Yeah. 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 No, I think, I think you have to assume that, you know, corporations are their own national entities at this point. Right. Yep. Yeah, so there's no third party that the corporation itself is then accountable mm-hmm. to. I was trying to figure out what the... Like you said, it takes time to decelerate. And... Accelerating or decelerating over a, a shorter time would take up more fuel than a long burn over a longer time. I wasn't totally sure that I bought that. The way I could square it is they're getting to a point where they're getting pulled in by the planet and accelerating, and and they needed to, oh. they needed to push against that. So yeah, okay. Um, I think I, I don't know either way. I'm I don't know orbital uh, orbital dynamics. Um, I'm sure there are. I'm sure Andy Weir could read the story and go, oh well, you know, no, they could <laughs> <laughs> they could handle that. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed the tragedy of this film, mm-hmm. where they they thought after the genesis of the medicine they had finally done it, but because they hadn't continuously rerun the simulations as yeah. the data right. and the environment around them changed, it it still didn't work. So right. yeah, you still get that gut drop that happens. Yeah. Like, right. Oh, what? Where they think they're in the clear. Yeah. And like, nope. Sorry, we stuck. Actually, kind of like that part. I was like, oh damn. Yeah. You're right. To, to where he's fighting her <laughs> to not go in the airlock at the end. And even suggests that they both yeah. go. Right. And she's the one that says, no, someone has to tell the miners. And he even says, even says, look, you can you can pilot the ship. There's just these 12 subroutines that you need to know. He starts going through <laughs> 16. the whole thing. 16. 16, okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, my. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was kind of interesting. I, I mean, overall thoughts on this one, I, I expected to hate it because I knew it's a long movie adapted from a, a short little thing. And it's a made-for-TV yeah, movie. It does have Babylon 5-level effects, maybe not quite that good. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, Babylon 5 ones are pretty dated at this point as well. But I do feel like I enjoyed it. I, I actually enjoyed the movie. It is a little long. Uh, you can you can feel the padded runtime at times. But the yes. two main performances are good. Yeah. So, yeah. So I bought it, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. One of the things I was thinking of is uh, we're in this really interesting time in media development where with streamers, you are no longer set to 30-minute increments. Right. So when mm-hmm. they made uh, The Mandalorian, it was as long as the story needed to be. Right. Although, interestingly enough, The Bad Batch is right back on that 25 to 27 minute format. Hmm. Right. So, I think if you were going to adapt this another time, yeah. you you abandon that and you say, we mm-hmm. don't need to pad the runtime. Maybe it works yeah. fine as an 82 minute movie. I think an you could hour do it real might time, have been good, right? actually. Yeah, essentially, it's an hour, yeah. right? He buys them an hour by, by decelerating. You could go right. one for one real time of the story and have that work. Yeah. Well, if you're going to do that, you should go with a live broadcast. Oh, there we go. A live oh, yeah. hot stream. That'd hmm. be cool. Yeah. Yeah, it could work. Like the, uh, whatever it was, fail safe? 
Yeah. Live stream. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Live broadcast. Yeah. Live teleplay. That's what that was called. Yeah. I don't know how the special effects work, but you don't need a lot of special effects. No, you sure Those don't. are all pre-recorded and played as off scenes. Right. Right, yeah. Right. And I mean, that that is the, the like I said, with the, the super short film, Parents Are Dead, that's why she's she's leaving. Well, right. it, in this one, she's leaving because the ship is a shit hole. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and you don't see that unless you see it, right? Where you have him, you have them walk through their plug yeah, in the nose. I didn't really mind the framing narrative part of this movie. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking the same way you were, like, how are you going to pad this out? Mm-hmm. But I I was liking it up until a point where probably 45 minutes to an hour, and I'm like, okay. This is, they're, they're stringing us along now. Right. Like yeah. this could be done. <laughs> so, so I didn't think they knocked boots. You, you, you said you, you thought they had, had done the rumpy pumpy. Yes. Um, I thought they just made out for I a while. I didn't like either, but, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Too many clothes. There is one thing about it, this. It was elliptical. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I appreciated that. <laughs> so you can fill in whatever you want yeah. there. So Barton in the long movie says that. Uh, the, the whole ship is made out of plastic. They strip off a couple of components and they recycle the rest. Mm-hmm. But when they walk around on the ship, the Foley artist has them making metallic sounds. Right. Because I'm thinking, oh, great, you just, you just lift some floor plates. Mm-hmm. They can right. jump right down to around where the cargo is stored anyway. Yep. Plastic floor plates. Yeah, but you, you had to get some uh, tension in there by doing the thing where they had to eject the oxygen canister before it was completely out of oxygen um, so that it could have some force to be pushed away from the ship. Right. Right. Yeah. Definitely. In all three of these and the story, right? The safety protocols. Um, I mean, I get it that like you have to, you don't know what the mass is on the ship until it's under acceleration, right? Because you can't really right. tell before then. Although, I don't know. All you have to do is stop at that place just south on I-5 and it'll weigh anything you want that's off-sized. <laughs> right. I guess that's true. Yeah. Anywho, I think uh, final thoughts. We, we can rank them too. Yeah. We may watch the, is it just called The Stowaway? The, the new one with uh, Anna Netflix. Kendrick? Yeah. yeah, and Daniel Day Kim. Yeah, yeah. It's called the Stowaway. Okay. The trailer was the first thing that came up when I searched Stowaway. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we we may watch that and just do a brief reaction to it. Um, maybe we'll just do a remote protocol for that one, um, and maybe just as a patron thing. Who knows? Watch it right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got stuff to do. Yeah. Uh, so how about we rank them, uh, Colin? I, you're sitting down, mm-hmm. and I can tell because I can see you. <laughs> uh, I'm going sci-fi. Okay. Sci-fi adaptation. That is surprising. Short story, Twilight Zone, Dust. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Twilight Zone, Sci-Fi, Dust, Short Story. Wow, Short Story last. You're really you're breaking your uh, yeah. your trend to pick yeah. the written first. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Short Story first. So pick your job too. And then I really like the 2014 one. It's funny because lots of times like I don't like something that's super canonical because I'm a little bored with it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But... I felt like it even sort of streamlined it even a little further, right? Where where it, it cut out, it trimmed out any yeah. any potential fat that you even had in the in the Twilight Zone one, um, and the the way with the art design and that kind of stuff, I really I really enjoyed. Um, and then I'd probably go sci-fi and then Twilight Zone last, just because Twilight Zone is the the one that's in that range where it's pretty canonical that that I just don't care about. Um, <laughs> and so I give I give the nod to the other one because yeah. it's it's even I think, I think it's I'm even a little trimmed down bias for the Twilight yeah. Zone one just yeah. because it was the first one I watched and yeah, I yeah. like how they mm. tried. You know what? I watched I watched the short one first. Yeah. So so it could could be that that that's the true story. But I I did like the sci-fi channel one, which I was surprised because I, I thought oh, I'm gonna hate this. Um, yeah. and it's not great. It's it's fine, but um I think so. Yeah, when it went, went in with low expectations and it exceeded those. So yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. 
not a complete train wreck. We've, we've definitely watched right. worse things. Oh, yes. For sure. So, yeah. cool. All right. Well, uh, like I said, we'll probably, we may do something with the stowaway thing or, or you know, if you don't want to do it, if, if, if anybody doesn't want to do it, we can, a subset of us can do it. But I started reading The Running Man because it came through from the library. Uh, <laughs> and, and Malk Foy, who's one of our long, long time listeners, uh, suggested that one a while back. So I think we should do that at some point cool. in the near future as well. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah. I've got some. Next month then? Yeah, I think next month I've got I've got some air travel coming up. So, okay. All right. Hey, it was nice to talk to you guys right, in person. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. like I don't have to. There's no awkward pauses where everybody's like, "Wait, who's, is somebody else talking? Right. Is somebody else about to talk?" <laughs> A little more crosstalk, yeah. you know. We get this way, but uh, I don't know. Well, I don't have to worry about your crappy buffering times on Zencast right. now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Cool. All right. Guys, turn off your video. Ah, fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember that time we turned video back on and it immediately dropped Just my call? Poof, dropped you, yeah. <laughs> we didn't want to talk to him anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, not all of us have gigabit inter- Ethernet. Yeah. Or not Ethernet. Interwebs. Interwebs, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, everybody, thanks for listening and uh, thanks for bearing with us while we were offline for a year uh, <laughs> and still still recording. And we, we did some good work during that time, but it's, I don't know, it feels better. Here, yep. being in the same room. I think so. So, and, mm-hmm. and I hope that people think that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, until next time, we will leave you with the Pavement Pounder's blessing. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the book always fall open to where you left off. And make sure to read the fine print. Yeah, yeah. Terms and conditions. Yeah. Yes, terms and conditions <laughs> may apply. <laughs> hope you enjoyed this podcast. Terms and conditions in the plot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Ciao. Or we could do like, you know, like men do, short to long to short. Oh, wait. Um. <laughs> flaccid to erect to flaccid oh right no definitely. okay sorry um so yeah i mean we, we, lots of times we just do things in uh sorry i'll wait until he's finished that's what she said <laughs> he's still giggling <laughs> <laughs> like, i don't no, i try i try i'm giggling at the act of actually whispering it right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you thought that would help <laughs> i, I uh, it's not going to hear me. Yes. The <laughs> not right. hear me. I, I was whispering it so the editor would know what to cut out. <laughs> I sound stupid. Don't put this in here. Yes. My, my, my favorite outtakes are the ones where, where like we're reacting to something that I never let them hear. <laughs> uh, Seth may have said something God. dirty. So, um, I've killed myself. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to keep in as few unexplained laughs as possible. <laughs> so, like, when, when we're not in the oh same room, God. James can laugh all he wants, and there's no unexplained laughs because they're only on his track. Oh, right. right here, they're on all three oh, of ours. Yeah. So. Because you, know, the- you, can, you can just put it on the end. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, maybe, maybe after 15 months of a pandemic <laughs> in isolation, maybe we're owed one. Right, <laughs> right. Maybe. Maybe not. Well, now I'm going to refill this. So. Okay, so okay. think of something serious, like having to sacrifice a little girl's life. Mark, Margaret's actually going to have a cold day. Margaret's actually going to have a cold day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't even remember what I was talking about now. So, yeah, usually we we tend to go in chronological order, right? Oh, Emily is the sneaking through herself. the room. Yes. Oh, just for <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I forgot my priorities. Yes, you yes. do. <laughs> no, I mean, you're on microphone now, so. Oh, well, what, uh, James, James said you had uh, reactions to the story. Uh, <laughs> yes, strong reactions. Would you like to go on record? Just <laughs> <laughs> talk over James's shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This was Too hands long. down the worst. I 
I, Colin, what's this? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I have very angry emotions all the way through. Flames, flames, flames. on the sides of my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. It took me like five times to read the 16 pages. I was just, <laughs> oh my God. I had to like keep throwing it down. Fair enough. I can't handle this. Anyway, I'm going to get my donut now. You, okay. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>